This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Antebellum. Antebellum. A-N-T-E-B-E-L-L-U-M. Antebellum. That is correct. Wait a minute. I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hi, hello, hi, hi, hi. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies and more weekly. We dig into movies via mostly spoiler-free review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 420, 420. Oh, what? If I had known that, I definitely would have been high. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're uh, talking antebellum. <laughs> Just gonna week. leave it, huh? I have nothing to add. <laughs> I'm not high. I never get high. Me neither. <laughs> Just like, like I, I have no material to go with this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're talking uh, Antebellum this week. And joining us to talk Antebellum, we have from Movies Marcus, sneaking out of bed to do this podcast by using fancy yoga moves, it's Marcus Robinson. Yes, I'm back. Black podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did not put indeed. that together. Yeah. I definitely did. <laughs> Talk antebellum with us. Marcus, how are you doing this uh, today? Yeah, I'm good. I can breathe outside again and Ooh. yeah. This is, always uh, a plus. Knock on wood. Always a plus. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Who knows? It's well, I take it day to day. There you go. All right. Well, no, good to have you here. Good to have you back as always. Yeah, and, thank um, you. Yeah, we're going to get into the film soon enough, but let's get to some show notes real quick. First up, uh, actually, let's. So, we've been doing the show this way uh, for a while, where we talk about the main review and uh, get some feedback or whatnot. We've been kind of adjusting based off circumstances. And uh, I'll just say we, we have some plans to evolve in the future a little bit. Maybe go a little bit back to normal. We'll kind of see. We're kind of feeling out some ideas of how we want to keep proceeding, right, Abe? That is correct. So, stay tuned uh, for probably more normalcy. Yeah. And uh, just to throw some ideas out there as far as what's coming, um, there are a number of film festivals happening. So we're going to try to address that in some capacity, which I think is going to be plenty of fun and interesting as far as which films are there to be highlighted as far as the very different award season is going to go next year. Um, and October is coming up, of course, which means that we're going to have a whole month full of horror themed bonus episodes. So stay tuned for that. we got a lot of fun coming. A lot of cool ideas with some, you know, the regulars that I guess on those episodes. Uh, it's, speaking it's like of our the, own uh, very own Oktoberfest, minus all the drinking beer and the and the German bratwurst. It's exactly like that. <laughs> and are you guys without, finally watching Blackula? Or <laughs> I mean, we could. we should have we should have done that, Aaron. We should have done exploitation black exploitation uh, horror movies. Hey, it's certainly we, it still can happen. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still yeah. it's certainly good <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Marcus, you're not going to get yeah. credit for this idiot. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're That's editing fine. this out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, speaking of which, uh, commentary tracks, we do one every month. We have a lot of fun with those. And our latest commentary track was for David Fincher's Seven. That's available on iTunes and everywhere you can find our show now. 
uh, actually, <laughs> in addition to iTunes and all the places you can find podcasts, app, uh, Amazon Music apparently does, you know, has podcasts now. And we are on there, too. So there you go. If you listen to Amazon Music and you want to listen to podcasts. We're um, all over the place. That's right. Literally. Um, but also... For October, we already have this one planned out. Psycho is going to be our commentary track for October, um, the, in honor of the 60th anniversary of Psycho. Um, 60? Yeah, 60th. There you go. <laughs> Do 60. the math in my head real quick. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. What else? Uh, all of those shows are available on iTunes. Uh, you can help us out by logging on to iTunes, searching for our show, giving us a rating and review. That'd be That'd be wonderful. Yeah, that'd be super appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I think that's all of our show notes for now. So let's move on now. Let's get to one of my favorite movie segments here. What we would have talked about this week. Where we go over the film that would have come out if the world was not a total hellscape this year. Uh, all right. This week, if things were different, we would have talked about The Kingsman, the hmm. prequel to The Kingsman films, still directed by Matthew Vaughn, but now starring, in no particular order, Ray Fiennes, Gemma Arterton. Reese Fonz, Matthew Good, Tom Hollander, Daniel Bruhl, Jaimon Hansu, Charles Dance, and Stanley Tucci. What a lineup. A lot of people in this yeah. one. Yeah. I, I mean, didn't even realize this right. more, but I, I wanted to stop there. <laughs> yeah. This is almost like a British version of like JFK or something like that. It's just like a British version of JFK. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> that's exactly what came to mind. Back life. into the trench. That's what I said. Glad you said it. <laughs> Take me home! <laughs> We've he gone from JFK to the well, John Denver song featured in Kingsman 2, yeah, The Golden Circle. <laughs> he, he can't be in the movie. He can't be in the third one. <laughs> uh, but uh, with all that said, Marcus, are you a Kingsman fan? Were you looking forward to a prequel to the Kingsmans? Sure. Uh, other than I forgot this movie was even supposed to come out. But I am a fan of uh, Kingsman. So, uh, yeah, sure. And the second one with uh, Channing Tatum was good. I, I dug it. Channing Tatum um, and Elton John. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Elton John, not just people. a cameo. He's very much in that movie. Oh, right. oh, I forgot about He's that, too. He's very much in that movie. So when is this one supposed to big get pushed till? Or is it supposed to come directly onto uh, Netflix next week? No, or? no it's, it's scheduled to come out <laughs> in February at this point. Okay. Oh, wow. Which is where the first two Kingsmans opened. So kind of a you know fitting spot for it to land. Okay. Abe, how about you? Are you looking forward to The King's Man? You know, the trailers, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is, uh, you know, it's it's another one of the Kingsman series, movies, and it looks okay. And then I read that it was uh, Matthew Vaughn, like what you mentioned earlier. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm glad that he's back. I'm glad. Did he also write this or co-write it or adapt it or something like that? Yeah, he's, he's a co-writer on the screenplay as well. Yeah, so I, I like that he uh, is back. Um, and helming his own projects because I remember that we talked about the second one, and I said that it was it was it had sequel syndrome where it was too much too big too much, um, and so I, I'll be curious to see this one because it's 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 a the original Kingsman so it, it's kind of like a step back so maybe maybe they'll they'll make it less um, maybe ridiculous, but uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm like I, I'm a fan of like this series I, I like the way that they've created this world I like the I like um, Who's our boy from uh, the first movie? Taron Egerton. Taron Egerton. He's gone on to do great things like Eddie the Eagle. Um, so and that, gor- and that gorilla from Sing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I just want to impress my dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he's got a great hairdo in that movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I would have been interested to see this movie, regardless of the cast. I, I think it's just more of um, how Matthew Vaughn would have taken it, because sometimes you don't see the same director go back to the well and and uh, after the first one did okay, but I, I don't know if it was like critically acclaimed as much as like the first one. So I would have been curious to see how um, he either held himself back or went for it, but in a different way. Yeah, no, I pretty much completely agree with you. I, I like the first one. I think the second one, I didn't dislike it, but it seemed, you know, it was a it was a bit lesser by comparison. But there's still like a lot of Matthew Vaughn energy that I enjoy. So if he's going to keep doing that in a World War One setting, which I enjoy, I don't as ugly as that war is, there's not a lot of movies about World War One compared to World War Two. So I always kind of welcome to seeing more of that. Um, plus, you have Reese Fonts as Rasputin, and that just seems like a fun villain to have in any movie. <laughs> he does yeah. look like Rasputin, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he could be a lizard, he could be Rasputin. That's I mean, Reese or he'd be selling, like, you know, genetically modified dinosaurs. That's who. Is that not Reese Fonts? It's not, but I could, but if you say Reese Fonts, if you, if you were to tell me... Who, who am I thinking of? I'll get to that, but what? I, but I'm saying, if you were to say, remember when Reese Vaughn's tried to sell those dinosaurs in that Jurassic World sequel, you'd be like, yeah, of course, yeah, of course, that never yeah. Like, there's probably a Mandela Rafe, effect. Rafe's fall. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is Rafe's fall. <laughs> Reese Vaughn's Rafe's fall. Who cares? Actually, uh, I, I'm a big fan of um, of uh, uh, Reese Vaughn. So. Yeah, so he, he is a good actor. Uh, he, he does some other things that you know, rub people the wrong way sometimes, but he's a good actor. <laughs> but um, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, the Rasputin thing. Yeah, no, I, I mean it though. Like in any movie, if he popped up as a villain, it'd be welcome. Like if it, if in Harry Met Sally at the end of that movie they get together, but when Rasputin's there, it's like oh Rasputin, they'd be like ah, but that's still Harry a pretty good choice. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're just is this? Uh, I haven't seen Harry when Harry Met Sally. I was gonna say, are they the Space Needle? But I was like, I think that's Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> same 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 deal. Same deal. Like when <laughs> Harry Met Sally. I've never seen it. No. October. That's an October uh, horror track right there. No. Gotta... Okay. <laughs> if they're at the like, if they get down the elevator, they're like, "Oh my god, it's so glad that we found each other finally!" And then Rasputin's there. It's like, "Oh, Rasputin!" And they fight him. It'd be like totally. Is, fits uh, to this movie. is the animated Bad Bartok there? I mean, at maybe this not. Point, but... Why not? No, but 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 like uh, Christopher Lloyd. In a, as a, in a taxi driver, reprising his role from Taxi would be there, and it'd be pretty wonderful. Dressed up as his character from um, uh, who's he, who from Roger Robert. Got it. No, from 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 the show Taxi. It just makes mm. sense, but <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be fun because he played Rasputin in the movie in the animated movie. That, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be Wait. weird because that, because when Harry or Sleepless in Seattle came out before Anastasia. <laughs> <still works. laughs> Again, I don't know why Hollywood hasn't called us for our ideas, so. I mean, this is a free podcast, right. guys. So as we were obviously talking about, The King's Man, it's coming out in February. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot we're talking about The King's Man. <laughs> Are you guys pronouncing it King's Man? King's Man? King's Man. King's Man. Right. I'm like overdoing space. it. I'm saying, the King, I'm saying The King's Man. Okay, so you're adding, like, additional spacing. Yeah, I'm I mean, it's spelled, the it, king, it, it, it the is king's spelled that mind. way. It is spelled, yeah, he's like Jamaican. <laughs> the King's Bond. Yeah. He's yeah. just drinking a red stripe, yep. 
Plus, uh, you know, we had what Colin Firth kicking ass in those first two, so having Ray Fiennes in there is like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, I mean, like, you <laughs> know, this is natural this is, progression. It is a it's a strangely natural progression for a lot of like aging actors these days because you know we're looking at Keanu Reeves, he's great as John Wick, and then you you look at uh, um, Ray Fiennes and I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, he's just become head of like MI6. And now he's gonna go back and kick some more ass as like a as a fifty year old or a six year old. I mean, to, but when you say those, it's like, well, Keanu's been kicking ass throughout his career. I, like, I he has would agree. I, I yeah. just, yeah, I, I would love to see like a Michael Michael Douglas resurgence as well. Right, right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, he is significantly older. Yes, that's like, true. He's like he's like eighty nine or something. Like, that. He, like <laughs> but he like he had that. He tried that once. What was it? The Sentinel with like him and Keith or Sutherland, and it was from the director of SWAT. And then that was like the last time we saw Michael Douglas having a gun in his hand. Like it was like, yeah, we don't yeah. need this. Like, now that's he, not now he him making pimp particles. Well, he's making pimp. I guess yeah, he's kicking ass in in the yeah. microverse. That's well, you know, he, he, that 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 movie suits him very well. I like him. I like seeing him in cardigans and in V-neck sweaters. He punched out uh, Donovan, wow, Mark Donovan, in the first Ant Man when in the flashback scene. He punched him in the face. That was there fun. You go. Mark, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, the Kingsman. Good tangent. <laughs> I'm trying to think when Ray Fiennes is kicked ass. I guess he's kicked ass at some points, right? Ray Fiennes? Yeah. I mean, he almost killed, uh, what's-his-face in, um, in, uh... No, I can't even yeah. remember the movie anymore. I mean, the Red Dragon, he was kicking a lot of ass. Well, I mean, he's just a serial yeah. killer in Red Dragon. <laughs> the Harry Potter films, he's, he's doing his job? He, uh, he almost killed that 12-year-old kid, yeah. A bunch of 12-year-old kids. A bunch. <laughs> <laughs> but he failed. he failed! Spoiler alert, he what, fails. Wasn't a 12-year-old kid he couldn't kill. <laughs> <laughs> this got dark. Um... <laughs> There's a there's a better joke in there as far as how dark it can take it as far as people he's well, killed in the movies. Here it is. No, yeah, that's that's good. No, no, no. no, it's like I think. Well, you can say that Ray Fine was kicking some ass in um, uh, the Hurt Locker. He was trying to, then he got shot by the sniper. Well, <laughs> so, so so Ren Dog had to take over for him. Ren Dog. Well, I'd like to think that before they met up with Ren Dog, he was kicking some ass. Oh yeah, because he had like I think he, he was like a. He was like a not a bounty hunter, but he was certainly like collecting bounties on a lot of stuff. Yeah, he was, was part just... of like the British government, but he he was doing like the whole entire like let's collect. He's doing like spec ops wet work type stuff. Right. So but I like how you're like once he messed up on like the sniper rifle. Yeah, Rendon I mean, picked you know, you're, you shouldn't be adjusting the sniper rifle in plain sight. That's just is bad. <laughs> oh, right? It is. Did he? Yeah. Uh... He got cocky. Did, did he kick any ass in uh, that Budapest Hotel movie? I, I fell asleep. But... I, don't I mean, know yeah, that I movie. mean, he? <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's certainly involved in a lot of action. I mean, there's a lot, there's gunfights in that movie, and he's he's in, he's involved. Like, is he kicking ass? No, he's a little too polite. Uh, he was mean in The Duchess. He was mean. In, he's mean in a lot of movies. This is a real big conversation we're having right now. In, in Bruges, I think he chases Bruges, those guys around. In Bruges, yeah. Oh, in Bruges, yeah. he kicks them, yeah. I mean, talk about killing kids. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. And it's all gone full circle. The Kingsman opens February 26, 2021. What we a did note it. to end on. <laughs> we always have to wrap it around to killing children. <laughs> This podcast. I Lashana Tova, by the way. Happy yes, Lashana. yeah, Lashana Tova. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's <laughs> get this far. All of that's staying in. Um, <laughs> oh, we better. Let's let's move on now. Let's get to our main review. 
for something just as much fun as Ray Fine's kicking ass, Antebellum. There she is. Guess what? Daddy is going to get you dressed for school today. We are descendants of the gods. This land was always ours. But we must never relent. We're nowhere. And everywhere. That should have been some of the trailer for Antebellum. Earlier this year, Lionsgate was set to release the film, marketed with a mysterious ad campaign involving Janelle Monet as a both contemporary woman as well as one existing as a slave. In the time since the initial trailers, the world changed, the film was delayed, and the intensity of America dealing with racism ramped up heavily. Now, the movie has been made available via PVOD, and... Here we are, written and directed by Gerard Bush and Christopher Renz, credited as Bush and Renz. The film certainly takes a stylish approach to this slavery-tinged horror aesthetic. But Marcus, were they successful in telling their story? Um, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to say, okay, so I think the issue with this movie, the issue I had with this movie is it does have a very good premise and it there's there's you know that there's a twist coming but i think what the directors did was they really were just content with having a really great premise and that twist and there's nothing really the middle part of this movie is is what and the 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 the, everything else of this movie is what i had a problem with so so without getting into spoilers um the protagonist to me was very one dimensional. I think she gives a speech in the middle of this thing about racial inclusion and you kind of get the gist of what she's about, but she really has no personality. Um, I don't, this is the rated R. I think it, uh, Aaron had said it's a, what did you say? It's a slavery tinged movie. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, any movie that, not to spoil anything, any movie that is is set on a plantation um, and depicts slavery, it's a slavery film. Uh, this is a rated R slavery film, which was very tame for me. I think it. Um, I think one or two people get stabbed or shot, but the violence, the lack of violence, is kind of startling. Um, I'm never going into a movie clamoring to hear the N-word, but the lack of unrealistic language used is super noticeable. So I think this goes back to the directors placing more importance on this premise and this twist than any kind of authenticity. So when you have movies that are out there like Django or 12 Years a Slave, which you can kind of say this is kind of like a 12 Years a Slavey thing, um, it just falls flat and it feels like they're pulling a lot of punches or they don't know how to create nuance or there's no kind of like they have nothing else but this premise or and this twist um i I don't i don't think it's it's a horrible movie i just think it's mishandled yeah you know i i i agree with you on the language i was surprised i mean not that i'm you know, itching to hear the N-word over and over again in any movie, but at the same time, given what they're trying to act on, 
I was surprised that there was a lack of it here. That said, I can't agree with you on the violence aspect. Like I, I, and I'll get to my specific thoughts, but I'm aware that a lot of the negative reviews that focus on how violent this movie is, especially the first 40 minutes, as far as what it's putting out there. I do think there is quite a bit of slavery related violence going on in this film. I, to, to get to my thoughts on it, I, I feel like I agree with you pretty much. I don't, I don't dislike this movie. I do think it has a lot of stylish things going on as far as the direction is concerned. There's a great opening shot that really kind of yeah, pulls you into this great. world, uh, combined with the the music, which I think was very effective. And uh, and I would I would go a little further with Monet. I, I I can agree that the dialogue she's given in some places, particularly that speech, feels a little bit more boilerplate than it needs to. Uh, but as far as having a personality goes, I do I can get a sense of the kind of person that she's trying to portray here. And I think of the of the performances in this movie. I think her and Jenna Malone are probably doing the best work as far as one okay. being pushed to do a lot of things, especially very much nonverbal in a lot of instances where and Malone is just evil. Like it's like she really seems to relish in playing the evil here. Um, so I like those aspects work. But, yeah, it is the mishandled is a great word for it, because I do think there is a clever concept and there's a story that. There's ways to do that, and I think a, a manner that could be handled better. But I was still, I was never not intrigued by what was going on here. And I and I've t- we've talked about this before on the show. I'm not one that tends to guess things out of out of the blue, like as far as movies that have some kind of reveals that are going to take place. But this is one where I kind of figured out what was going on fairly early on, but it didn't mm-hmm. stop me from enjoying what was taking place. Enjoying is a loose word. Uh, being intrigued <laughs> by what was taking place. I, I I was interested in seeing where this was going. It, it was a big trip as far as the structuring of this film, which I'm sure we'll talk about as far as placement of certain scenes. But, I mean, no, I was, I was into what was going on here, and it got to a place towards the third act where there's a lot of imagery involved that I responded to. I guess I'll put it that way for now. Uh, just to put this out okay. there, we may or may not go into spoilers. We're going to sign to see where this conversation takes us, but just you know, bear with us for now as we kind of review the film in a general sense, and we'll see how far we want to kind of go as far as revealing more things about it. But Abe, what did you think of Antebellum? You know, I think Antebellum, I liked on the technical levels of things you mentioned some of the scoring and also i I actually really appreciated some of the cinematography early on the opening shot is shot possibly at dusk um and it looked very well choreographed and and shot i think overall i am disappointed in this movie I, i there's a lot of there's a lot of flash in the pan type stuff that happens in this movie that i don't think really gives me a sense of any sort of meaning that the directors are going for. Um, Mark, as you sort of mentioned, like some of the emptiness and sort of the middle, I would say that it's actually okay up until the third act. The third act is probably where I'm like, I don't, it feels like you guys didn't, didn't have an ending for this movie. Like you guys just wanted to have a twist. It feels like it kind of stops before it's like when it's starting to get going. All Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like, well, let's, let's introduce this twist here. And then all of a sudden, if, uh, and all of a sudden, like, We'll, we'll make it into what people wanted to see, which was maybe a horror thriller. And then I was like, I don't, I don't know, because this is not sort of the movie that I was. Uh, it's not the movie that I was. It, it, I, I, I do want to say I, I would say that it was not. It, it didn't 
merit that sort of ending enough for me to be like, okay, I, I, yeah, I, I feel right. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where... You're saying it doesn't, like, earn the emotion it's going right. for? Well, there's some parts where, where it's earned in the in the third act, and then some parts where I'm just like, I don't... Where did all this come from? You know, like... Uh, and then I think uh, to Aaron's point that he said earlier about, like, how he doesn't really guess movies, I pretty much guessed this movie, like, the right at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, I, I know I know what's going to happen here. And I had suspicions at the yeah, beginning, yeah, totally. and then I, could, then I got it, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, good, like, it, third in. I'm like, exactly. okay, I'm pretty period where this is going. It wasn't as early as, like, Girl the Dragon Tattoo remake, um, where I see where I see Stellan <laughs> where, where Skarsgård's name in the, in the credits, in the credits and, you're like, yeah. oh, and you're like, oh, I didn't see him in any of the marketing, so I guess that this is gonna be a big character because I know who he is. Um, but as far as like the movie, the structure goes, you know, it's 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 a nice thriller aspect of things. But I think that what's really happening here that I'm I'm bummed out about is that there's just no meat to the bones. You know, there's there's nothing here okay. in terms of what you're trying to say about uh slavery or what you're trying to say about the end of Middle south or what you're trying to say about um where we are today as like a society mm-hmm. and how janelle right. Monet, um in in a future sense is um a professor and also she's you know she graduated from a historic black you know uh university and she's a, a pretty big figure she has a book and she's basically uh on like the um the press tour right I don't really there like aside from all the the superficial things of like white people are fucking crazy and and like slavery is bad like what was the point of this you know because when we do get into spoiler territory there's gonna be a movie that I'm gonna bring up that also sort of um uh, is related to this but probably had a lot more things to say about the current environment the current times like I, I, I would just what's up get out. I think we all know what movie we're talking about, but yeah. Possibly, yeah. Um, but there, there is like a a tinge <laughs> of, I it feels like you guys are trying to do something um, visually, like on an aesthetic level, and also something on a story level. But one of those fell flat because the visual is probably there for the for, I'd say the majority of the movie. Um, the only part where it doesn't really hold up is is probably just like a, a three minute sequence um, toward the end of the movie. Um, not even the ending sequence. It's just more of like an in between where some action happens. I'm like, oh, I mean, everything kind of fell apart here. So I don't know why this looks different from everything else. Um, but with all that being said, there's not enough for the writing of these characters for me to go on anything. You know, like I don't really get enough from Janelle Monet yeah. to really support her. Not that I don't support her, but more just like I, I, like when when. I don't feel invigorated by anything that she's doing. Um, and then I also definitely don't get enough from any of the other side characters. And Aaron's right. Jen, like Jenna Malone is probably the only other character that you really get a, a better sense for. And that's probably because they, they just focused on those two characters exclusively. Um, and they didn't really give you anything else. Uh, so overall, it, it's kind of like a disappointment because it's a movie that I think could have been could have could have really like leaned in on what's happening today like they definitely made this movie before everything that happened um this summer right so it's very fascinating that it actually i mean this just goes to show that like there have been fucking problems forever that have been the same Mm -hmm. and that's a problem in itself 
but this movie doesn't really address any of that stuff. So it's kind of a, a bummer on that degree. Um, I mean, I, it, I think it addresses it just doesn't do it as well as it could. But I, yeah. I, I, I think part of the thing I, I've been trying to lean on and in assessing this movie over the past few weeks is this is all, you know, a B horror movie from Lionsgate that was supposed to come out in April. I, I, and it, it, it came out before, you know, things got very intense as far as this past summer in regards to stuff we've addressed on this podcast, as far as the, you know, the black lives movement and what had the black lives matter movement or what have you, as far as the terrible things that have happened. Um, that's not to say the things didn't happen beforehand. Like you said, Abe, I understand that, but if, right. in looking at this movie, it's not, I'm not trying to give it credit for doing what it is, but at the same time, I'm just not I'm not a, I'm not assigning too much loftier credit to it. It's like as far as how good it like really could have been because I just don't think it was ever going to be elevated to that level. Yeah, yeah. I no, mean, there's I movie, there's movie, the movie you're referencing that we're probably going to talk about when we get more into spoilers that like that's one where like I can understand wanting to compare this to that. That's not unfair. I don't know if we're thinking like, about the same I, movie. So so uh, I'll um there could be like multiple movies, but there, there's one specifically. Okay. Right. But, but, I, I do, but I, I'll, I'll say this. Okay. There, I do. There are, there are, you know, there are black themed horror films that have come out recently that are very popular. Yeah. And I think the, the two that are on the poster for this movie have a lot more going for them as far as the thought process behind them. And what have yeah. you, which I just never thought that this one was going to get to, to begin with. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not well, to say, that's not to say it's not allowed to be judged the same way, but I'm just thinking, I, you know, a movie, a lower budget movie like this from Lionsgate, I'm not expecting a lot from, even though it's addressing some very heavy themes. I wish it did those but, better. So as it, it stands, I just give it a very average review or average yeah, rating. It, it seemed to have some kind of potential there, though, right? There, there, yeah, there's some. Sure, to, it sure. seemed to be. It seemed to open. It's. It's, it's just not. Uh, I mean, the other movies that we're referencing, all like all of them. There's another movie that 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 came out last year as well um, in October that we'll probably reference too. All those movies could have been B movies, and they just had they pushed the limits of stuff that this movie didn't. I mean, there's a couple of scenes where where there's a scene in this movie where they're marching. There's a group of uh, Confederate soldiers marching, and they're marching and they're chanting that blood and soil just like they did in Charlotte. So I I get right. I get there's stuff in here that. People are there. The filmmakers are smart enough to put it in, and that's subtle. That's not maybe not super subtle, but it's like this is correlating directly to this. This is, and it just missed the mark on a lot of other things that it it could have. It had so much potential, and it hit marks sometimes. So I would just I can't give it that credit because it it hits marks. It just falls flat for much of the the rest of it. Yeah, and sure. I do want to add that there is I, – I didn't go into this movie thinking like, okay, great. I, I watched the trailer, and these directors are going to make a movie that is um, – that speaks to like the the, uh, the black experience, and it's going to speak to – it's going to try to address like these, these um, issues that we're having. No, not at all. Like I'm actually thinking like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. It's going to be like a horror thriller that uh, is going to be maybe uh, weird and suspenseful and fun and slashy at times. And I actually got more than that, right? I got more than a simple on-the-surface uh, thriller. And because they did introduce these themes, like what Marcos uh-huh. was just saying, you didn't take it far enough. And so yeah. don't be yeah. high concept and then all of a sudden like back out at right. different moments of the movie 
and say that and have nothing to say. I mean, like it, it's not it's right. not that it's a cop out because it's probably what they what they wrote is what they wrote, and they they're the writers and the the directors of this movie. So they yep. made they made their own art, right? Which is fine. It's just more of like, okay, cool. You you tried to make something that was again high concept, but I don't mm-hmm. think that it really means anything. Like, I don't think it actually it, it didn't really manifest right. into a way that these these are movies that have to push and push and push and and I'll mention I'll mention one movie which mm-hmm. is not a spoiler. I'll mention Queen and Slim. Sure. I wasn't a huge fan of Queen and Slim, but I can appreciate that it took this concept and really put every little thing into it. It, it it pushed it to its limits it pushed it it really tried to 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 link it to what's happening right now and to link it to pat there was a lot of little nuances there that were going on which this just it didn't do it enough like i, I really wanted it to at times it seemed uh, not to sound flippant but at times it seemed like this was like one of those like late 90s sandra bullock thrillers like okay well that's fine and then at other times it was like we want to say something about slavery and how it's still happening today and we're not going to go all the way we just need I to will, tell this story i will i will agree with the queen and slim reference with the added notion that i am a big fan of queen and slim mm-hmm. the thing is, yeah it very much does all the things that it wants to achieve as far as putting meat on the bones as you guys are saying mm-hmm. um as far as what you're saying you know in the in reference to like kind of slight thrillers compared to something with more meaning onto it I agree there because I think that's the problem when you have a movie like this where you can't just make a generic person in trouble type movie when you assign these kinds of historical aspects and all the meaning that all the baggage that comes with that automatically that puts it into a different level of expectation as far as how effective is this going to be. Now, it's not for lack of trying on Bush and Renz's part. It's just Mm -hmm. I think we're all I think we're all agreeing that there's a way to do this better and they just didn't quite get there. I don't think it's a matter of they just didn't think about this. Yeah, again, because like they, they did write it as well, right? So it's like yeah, you know, and, like, and I mean, they're, they're, t- let me put this up. So full, full disclosure, I've interviewed the directors. I, I wrote a right. variety article. That oh out now. no, 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 <laughs> they're your friends. Yeah, now we can't have a. No, no, go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. I, I spoke to them specifically about the cinematography of the movie, and there's yeah. some very cool stuff. And I'll put yeah, that in the show. Yeah, I do want to get to like the technical aspects of things. Yeah, we'll talk about that more a little later. But as far as talking to them specifically about it, like they were very upfront saying they want to be activist filmmakers. They want to make stories that are challenging um, and that address various themes like this that you know tell a story reflecting on America. And it's and they're just they're disappointed that the movie is open internationally in theaters but only available PVOD because they said they wanted to make it clear that this is a movie very very much for America. Um, and like you know, good for them good on them and i think we'll yeah we'll talk about the technical aspects because i do think as you know for directorially there's a lot of interesting stuff here yeah Yeah. but as far as them accomplishing this goal of how they're addressing their story i think we're all pretty much in agreement here there's a there's a lot better ways to get into the themes that they're tackling or make them register on a deeper level and i think because of the lack of deeper characterization and i mean really that's it i mean i I feel i feel like you can tell the story pretty much the same way and if you had more going on with Monet's character specifically because I don't think knowing more about like the plantation people is going to suddenly make me like the movie more. I I think it's just, I mean, I do want to take that side, which is not, not that I'm taking their side. Definitely not. Fuck, fuck uh, racism, but it's more of, I do want what's up? I said, thank you for saying that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, And like what a a favorite out now, Aaron Nave quote, slavery is bad. Um, (laughs) So, um, 
Those shirts did not sell well. <laughs> what? <laughs> we have merch. <laughs> there is a an aspect of um, when I was thinking about that part of the of the story of the plantation side, and you know, I guess very broadly speaking, the white side of the story. It's very interesting that nothing is is turned up, you know, aside from like, yeah, these people are bad. But I, I was trying to think of like other thrillers and other movies where I'm like, I, I guess the the parallel that I would say is like, this is as this is like a movie as if like we watched Halloween and Doctor Loomis was never in the movie, and so he never explained to you like Michael Myers is like, he just is is a crazy guy, you know what I mean? So it's just like, oh, there's just a killer after this babysitter, and all. so it, it becomes very one sided of like, um. I would love to know more about like why these people are this way. Not that I need to. Again, I want to point out that I get that these people are assholes. <laughs> it's just more of like, how does this even exist? You know what I mean? Like, um, so it, it would have been interesting because they they sort of peek into it at one point. I when, think that's very when, deliberate, though. I feel like if they, I, a movie. No, I, I get that too. So so they they peek into it at one point. And I wish that they had peeked into it more. So this goes to our point about, like, there's just not characterization. This is specifically about the judge character. Um, and uh, I think that there's actually um, an interesting way that they end this movie because I, I wasn't really on board with how they ended it because uh, of, of we've seen movies like Get Out already um, where there is, like, this innate distrust of maybe some authoritarian figures or uh, of authority figures. So that part is like it just felt as though again the third act just, just kind of fell apart for me at some degree. But to your point, Aaron, like I or I'm sorry to to something that you mentioned earlier about the directors, if they wanted to make a movie that has a black voice and has um, a story about America, I don't think this was it. Like, and this is not a knock and dig at them. This is just more of like you guys mentioned it earlier too. If you wanted to really intonate how the South was bad and how slavery was bad use the language because you're okay to, it's okay to use it not that it's okay but if you're trying to make a point like yes there are disturbing images like i felt uncomfortable at some points but also it really took me out marcus you said this very well it takes me out when you don't use not that i'm clamoring for people to use the n-word but when you don't use the n-word it really is just like it, it doesn't it, like you know it bothered me in it. Yeah, well, like I, I, mean, like, I, I remember I, I had that problem with it, where I'm very aware that there is there is racist language in uh -huh. in the story as well as the TV version of it, and then right. in the movie with bullies that are very much being bullies. The restraint they had in that area when they're making fun of all the losers club. Yeah, I'm thinking why why stop there? Why Be stop? an R-rated right. movie. I don't I don't yeah. understand what you're doing. I mean, like it's not it's not a matter of wanting to hear like like we both said. It's just more of you're trying to create some kind of like authenticity and, and threat and what have you. Yeah. Go for it. Then. And, and Do it. even beyond that, like, I mean this fervently and I mean this sincerely and, and with like a lot of vigor, these people are bad people and like, you know, they shouldn't be held in a light that is like, Oh, the, instead of using the ever, they use Negro or like, yeah. you know, like it, Darty no, or yeah. this was bad. These people are bad. You know, there's no like, well, maybe there. It's like no, there's no maybe. You're you're either on that side or you're or you're not. And so when you kind of hold back, and I'm I'm surprised that like the directors and writers like kind of held back in some degree because I was like, these people clearly what I'm seeing here on this white plantation is people that believe that the South should have won. 
Right. So why are they not acting as though like they act morally superior at other points except for in language? That doesn't make sense to me. It should have been exemplified by the one character who Jack Houston. Not Jack Houston, although he's terrible also. I mean, yeah. they all, yes, they all should have been. But, like, the one that it really should have exemplified is the one that is connected to Kiersey Clemens' character, where oh, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a thought that you think this person might not be oh, as yeah. terrible as the rest, and then that very much changes. I, I knew that he was going to be an asshole, because, again, uh, yeah, there's, I, no, yeah. there's no gray here. Like, I understand, gray, but, like yeah. the, but the movie is trying to set it up as far as, regardless of how well you can predict what's going to happen it's yeah. trying to set up this notion of this person could be this way and then they're actually this way and that's where i feel like if you want to ramp things up dramatically beyond just the inherent violence that comes with all of this the you know the rest of it could come too and it just kind of doesn't go there right abe did you find the film violent uh no not not really actually <laughs> see that's what i'm that's yeah. what i was i mean I, I think I, that I there was I, a, yeah go ahead marcus no 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 i i, I was just gonna say uh, when when you see a slavery movie, there are so many recent depictions of slavery that are much more violent or much more cruel, I guess. And like, it's just as to the authenticity of this, this there was cruel things. Yes, it seemed like they almost there were people getting shot and they pull the camera back. So like for for a while, I thought this was PG. Me too, actually. I didn't know that it was rated R until you guys. I didn't know it was rated R until about pretty rough stuff involving Monet's character. In the, at the beginning, end. there is. No, yes, the yes for well, sure. It, I mean, at the beginning, I, I, I say, like I said this earlier. There's a lot. There, there are a lot of negative reviews. A majority of them, and they all focus on the first 40 minutes feeling like torture porn. Like that's what they specifically say. Well, now that, that's I don't. Now I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that because right. either I'm just too indoctrinated with other slavery films at this point where it just doesn't phase me as much but i i, I do wonder like is there is there some just kind of like i'm sick of this or i don't feel comfortable therefore this is bad like i'm not sure what that's supposed no. to be but there are there are many others that seem to be criticizing the movie specifically for the violence well i, I, I want to clarify I, that oh, there i just want to clarify that there's not a lot of violence in the way that i would deem like slasher violence that's what i'm saying because mm-hmm. i think there's only like two aspects of that right but like yeah. what I said earlier, there's a lot of uncomfortable scenes in this movie. Right. And if that is it, meant to be violent, yes, I was uncomfortable because it's depictions of things that, that of humans against humans and of things that I know that have been terrible. You know what I mean? And so are there other movies that have depicted this worse? Of course, right? We've all seen Twelve Years a Slave and we've all seen um like almost any other movie like Amistad or even Roots, right? Roots, yeah. Yeah. And so this is bad. Like there's no whipping scene in this movie, but there's so much like there's so much like psychological terror that that's, there is a whipping scene in this movie. Is there a whipping scene? Yeah. I, I might have yeah, stepped out. Yeah, it's whipped on the back. Yeah. Did, <laughs> See, I, that's what I'm saying. did I miss this out. part of this movie? <laughs> barely you barely kind of like these things are very like on the edges and pulled back yeah, and it's kind of, right you know, whatever. Um, okay. So, so I'll there say to, is to, there to your, to your credit, the movie, the devil all the time kid on Netflix this week. And there's been a lot of commotion about that violence in the movie, including a dog related scene. Right. I, it's been maybe a less than a week since I've seen that movie. I can't even remember this dog scene. So maybe I just, for, you know, so, some things just don't <laughs> even impact. Sometimes. I, yeah. there, there, there I, I think I got up I to go and close to... the blinds. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think there are movies. It's like movies you, you can, I can describe. This is what was in the movie and you can, Oh my goodness, that's horrible. But then you see it and you're like, Oh, they pulled back or they edited it a little bit to make it seem less horrible. I don't, I don't know. So there's scene. Okay. So there's, there's, 
uh, rape in this movie. But if I were to tell you there's rape in this movie, in a slavery movie, you go, oh, my goodness, that's horrific. This is but it goes with the slavery movie. And but if you were to see the actual scene, you'd be like, where where's this scene? Oh, I, I get I do understand that this is technically but it seems very glossy and very like, oh, it's a PG-13 thing. Why, why, why do that? I, I don't, I don't, it didn't make any sense to me, but it just added to the entire pullback that I felt the directors doing. Like they were almost afraid to show too much. They were afraid. They didn't want to, I don't know what the mentality was, but they didn't, didn't seem like they wanted to go all the way when you would have seen other movies that go all the way and still keep the integrity yeah i mean like i think you brought up a really good example both of you guys brought up a really good example of, like the juxtaposition between this and a movie like quinn and slim where i thought quinn and slim was okay i thought it was a little bit overly long but when you compare it to what is happening here they go all in and that's the first time director too she was making yeah. music videos um and then Just like she, these guys were actually yeah and then she made this feature with a first-time writer so aaron and i have talked about this maybe off pod but it's like yeah you can feel like the clunkiness of some of the writing um because it's a first time it's from lena waith right um her screenplay yeah. yeah it's her screenplay and then the first time director you can definitely feel like there's elements that you probably could have been edited out but when i'm watching that movie i'm uncomfortable to the nth degree because mm -hmm. They're not trying to hold back on anything, whereas this one is like, well, let's try and make a thriller slash like a, a, con a contemporary contemporary thriller slash like contemporary news thing. And, you know, we've discussed it before uh, ad nauseum about just holding back. But I think it's actually really important for them to say these are the Proud Boys. You know what I mean? Like at one point, say yeah. that. Otherwise, like it's like people – people might get lost not that they would get lost but more just like i, I would i'm fine with you calling it out because you uh i think that there's other elements of this movie like in secret detail that are really good about displaying janelle monae's janelle character i'm not even talking about like the horse riding stuff and the equestrian stuff i'm talking about more just like stuff on her wall and, and the way that she's uh what she's saying in her speech that stuff is is good but there's just not enough of like you know, the other people are just a bunch of fucking assholes. Yeah, I, 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 to, to to that point, I my problem with Janelle Monet's kind of character development, I I, di I didn't I wanted to see a little bit more of it because when she gave this speech, she gives this one big speech and and when they're trying to advertise her book, um, it's very good. But I didn't I got more of an impact. There's a scene where you see. Um, I won't even describe the scene, but you, when you see somebody who has a, a tattoo of her book emblem on her ankle, and I got way more impact of that's how important Janelle Monet's character is than I did from her speaking for 10 minutes. And I wanted more of stuff like that. There was like these scenes of just kind of nuanced little tidbits, but there just wasn't enough. Right. I want to talk about the technical. Yeah, it's gonna be like it's gonna be a weird transition, but I do want to talk yes. about some of the technical. Before, and, then, and then we can get into some spoiler stuff, and then we can wrap up. Sure. Um. So for I mean I think I think we're all saying that yes, there's a lot of style in this film. I will note that the uh, as I mentioned, I wrote a thing of for variety about the film and the cinematography. I wanted to point this out, and I'll, I'll link to it again. But the cameras they used for this movie, the lenses they used, were the lenses that were used to make Gone with the Wind. Interesting. And, oh, wow. Interesting. 
which they, was they like shot a, this on film. They, no, they shot it digitally. They okay. took, but they got the lenses and recalibrated them to fit onto their digital cameras. Yeah. Um, which and we've kind of talked about this as far as how much impact the film's having. The idea was both one thing we can have a really cool looking movie, but also there's a kind of subversion of what Gone with the Wind stood for versus what this movie stands for. Now, addressing how of us, you know, we've already talked about basically how effective it was as far as the overall story of this movie, but I do find that interesting. Um, and there's more about that than ever, whatever. But this movie does look great. I do. There's a lot, yeah, especially, yeah. especially the, the scenes on the plantation. Like if there's a lot of, you mentioned the, uh, the magic hour, twilight, dusk look that it has, and that's very much present. I, I really, I thought it was a very neat choice as far as the movies, you know, it really wants to kind of give you this silhouetted orange backgrounds kind of thing going on for a lot of the stuff that's set at the plantation. Uh, and I, it just, it gave it, it gave it a, a feel that just emphasizes how disappointing it is that the story's not better in this movie. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if I, were, I, I, I basically separated out the technical things from this. Cause I think that there's really good cinematography, even from the opening shot, like what you, we've talked about, you know, you're just following the, this girl through this plant or through a field and there's horses. And then you see the, the plantation house kind of thing. Um, and it takes you through the, the rest of the estate. Um, but yeah, as you move throughout the movie, it actually does look pretty decent. Like it's, it's shot well, it has like good lighting, um, for what they tried to make as like, you know, not like over like, like electric lighting, um, as possible. Like not that they didn't use real like electric lights, more just that they tried to, um, keep it soft in those tones, like in those yellow tones. And I was like, oh, this looks actually really good. So that's why if it was shot on film, I would be like, that's amazing. Because it's hard to do on film, but digitally it's like okay, cool. That's that makes sense. So yeah, on the on the cinematography side, it actually does really look really good. Marcus, do you have any thoughts on cinematography? Yeah, I mean, I I I would agree with both of you. It looks it looks really good. Also, I would say that um, these two directors seem to have a real knack for th- the thriller aspects of, of visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to be able to put a thriller sequence together very well. There's there's at least four or five that are just really nice uh, other than other than you know those the sweeping entrance scene and a couple of other scenes there there are some thriller sequences here that are oh okay those that's really effective um i don't know how much i can get into it without getting to a spoiler but there's one in particular where she's fighting somebody uh um and i and there's other people around in the vicinity and they're distracted and it's really well filmed. It's really well. This, this that that sequence could translate into a bunch of other different right uh, genres and types of movies. And 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 so I was really, really impressed with that. Yeah, I, I think the other aspect I want to get to, Aaron, you mentioned this earlier too, is the the sound and the score. I mean, more of the mm-hmm. score. I actually kind of dug it. Like there's like it's oh, yeah. like synth pop, but also like like. Um. Um, like I don't know who did the score on this, but when you mentioned that they came from music directing, uh, I'm also like, oh, that that's great, you know. Like yeah, the, uh, the, com- the composers are Nate Wonder and Roman Gian Arthur. I mean, it sounds like uh, sounds like they would make the music that this that this movie had. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I I I, uh, I did enjoy it um, for what it brought to the screen. Like there are moments uh-huh. of tension where they they kind of, and also like you know they they use like. A lot of people use like Holtz, um, Gustav Holtz, uh, like his influence of of Mars. You know, a lot of drums when there's like a when there's a, a an attack. Yeah, yeah. So, uh-huh. um, 
So that that was fine, but you know, for other elements of it, like even in the opening sequence, um, I was like, this is a interesting sounds uh, soundtrack that we've got going on here. So let's get into some spoiler territory. I'll put that just notion up right now. Hey, if you haven't seen this movie, we're going to talk a little bit more about spoiler it before we move on. Alert! <laughs> this is why we should record these for a soundboard one day and just have these ready. <laughs> <laughs> just press that button. We're also going to need Nate Wonder to remix that. Uh, let's start with, Abe, what movie are you referencing as far as... The movie that I'm thinking you... about right now is The Hunt from yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. recently, yeah. right? And so what I think okay. about, not in terms of like... Not in terms of, like, how it parallels, like, well, let's have, like, a group of people, like, sequestered in a place and let's go hunt them. More of, yes, that, but also what they did was they gave me an insight as to, like, how crazy these quote-unquote liberals are. And so right. I could understand, like, no, they're totally wrong. You know what I mean? Like, they they think that they're high and mighty. They're thinking that, like, they're the ones that are making the right decisions for all these, like, lame, quote-unquote, hillbilly southerners. And then you have our our uh, our hero of the story just fucking kicking ass because she's like the wrong person, you know. And that is a movie where it's like it it actually had a lot of um, what's the word I'm looking for? It had like a lot of like like dark humor, yeah, with a point, you know what I mean? Yes. And so that's Sat- why I was satire. like satire, yeah, sure. And like a lot of like um, uh, a lot of like lameness that i thought was actually still like a lot of like uh whatchamacallit um not lameness but um i was gonna say murder uh, a lot of like violence that helped me that helped the story go along and so that's the movie that i was thinking about um when i was watching this yeah, it's, yeah. i think it's also not a, a one that pulls a lot of punches it it, it yeah. uh it said a lot of things that you know aren't really you wouldn't normally hear in a in a in kind of like a a movie like that yeah. but it was just oh i'm just gonna go say it and you know whatever and, and and i felt like that had more links to like a get out than this did mm-hmm. it it fits the the parameter that i've set up more as far as a b movie that's not really going to aspire to win awards or anything it just exists and it happens to have messaging behind it the hunt is more successful than this movie is i agree mm-hmm. there it's not the the other movie that i think is obvious is yeah uh, get out i mean that's as far as uh, being you know taken to a new location and everybody around you is an enemy to some capacity right and there being you know a deeper worse thing going on underneath the surface i think if you combine get out and hunt the hunt you get a version of this it's just ideally you'd want something that has as we've been saying more meat on the bones yeah. i mean i would say uh, that get out is probably like superior to both of these for sure oh, obviously oh, yeah. yeah for yeah. sure like just the oscar like, winning movie is the best right right yeah <laughs> but i mean like you know i i hear what you're saying because i I wouldn't have likened this to Get Out just because of, of what we just discussed there. Like, you know, I think Get Out is um, – it's a modern masterpiece, right? So, I, I think yeah. Get Out could have been this uh, in other hands. Yeah. I so think that's, it, oh, that's yeah. a weird that's a weird thing to think about. Well, yeah, it's, it's a matter of having a filmmaker that's – and it's not to, like, disrespect the effort they put into this script, but as far right. as having a a movie that's hitting on these ideas, yeah. you know, having having someone that – really digs deep in them and understands the internal logic all the way through that shows in that or, or us. I mean, the, the, the ideas us, are all yeah. there regardless of how successful you feel the movie is. That's it. I think us and the get out are both very successful at what yeah. they're doing. So I do want to add just very briefly on like a filmmaking note, um, for, for what you just mentioned there about get out, um, in, in, in the wrong hands. This goes and speaks to, like the integrity of like a filmmaker. Um, you know, Jordan Peele, he was doing a lot of uh, comedy, sketch comedy with Keen Peele. 
And at some point, I'm pretty sure that he, because he'd been working on this for like a decade, right? So it's like I'm pretty sure at some point people had had approached him, and or maybe he even thought, maybe I'll sell this for like a couple million and have somebody else direct it. But when you have your own passion project, yeah, you should hold out and try and make it on your own, because you would get something like Get Out versus maybe what you guys just mentioned there um, with um, Antebellum, right? So I'll note that. Um... Uh, uh, Gerard Bush, uh, one of the one of the directors. One of the directors yeah. uh, he came up his he came up with the initial idea based on a dream he had. That's where the premise of this movie came up. I mean that that plays into the movie too because there's a lot of like quote unquote dream aspects. Um, For sure. You yeah. know she wakes up from a dream in the beginning of the movie, and and same thing with like in the middle. I think it, we're in spiritual territory now. I, I do want to yeah. get to the third act where I think yeah, let's talk about it all falls apart. First of all, that was your fucking plan. <laughs> it was. T- yeah. Was to get a phone? Like this is this is a, a gross buildup of like nothing. You know what I mean? Um, and so I had a problem with that. Not even not even a huge one. I was just like, this is it. Um, what would be the better plan? Take the horse and just run away. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought they were gonna do. And then have like their. I think the, I thought they were gonna go on, like on a chase sequence together. But I think that there was just like that was that was your plan was to like get, unlock this guy's cell phone slash your cell phone I, i'm not really sure how well, i mean out. if you to, to, to lean into it i mean if you have a horse and you get away you don't know where you're going if you, have a, exactly phone it, that, if you mean, have a phone that can connect to the outside world at least you can get something going on yeah and i think that maybe it's because like these, she did both i mean she did take she, a horse she, and leave after she, she got did the phone. yes yeah and i think that's that's um interesting way to go about it but also uh i think that was like one big uh one big um nitpick that i had i was like i don't Think that this is a well thought out plan for everything that I've been told. I'm like, when are we gonna do this? Um, and then also like, we go tonight, and she's like super fueled with like anger. I was like, that was it. You're gonna like gymnastics your way through the the room, and then like know that there's no signal anywhere else except for at the cabin. Like, uh, I don't really. I, <laughs> I think that I I think the ending was the part that kind of masked a lot of the mistakes interesting i think the ending and the ending i think to, to me the ending that last sequence kind of gave it was like salacious but like it gave a lot of it's the only time i, I kind of leaned forward and when 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 um the uh they she put those guys in the in the uh incinerator, incinerator, incinerator yeah. and, and 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 burned them i was like oh yeah yes okay yeah, yeah, it's more yeah, of a, i mean there's whatever. more of an it's, adrenaline rush at that point and then yeah. we're we have the chase sequence and you're like yeah yeah okay cool whatever it didn't make it better but i think it's kind of a lot of like oh let's let's we haven't really done much with these people right. yet we haven't really whatever so let's give you need a that that moment in some of these uh, movies where you're like yeah somebody's getting their come up it's kind of yeah yeah, exactly and 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 you have that these sequences in movies like get out and whatever um but they've laid out they're they're far more rewatchable than than this is but i i thought the last the the, that last 30 minutes kind of saved it for me a little bit um i I don't know if it was logical i just (laughs) didn't even care i mean that's a good point when it comes to i mean i understand what you're doing as far as like yeah i i don't disagree as far as yeah, there are ways to handle this that in hindsight probably look better as far oh, as how to like. And I'm not even trying to rewrite it, by the way. I understand. I understand. Yeah. I, I do think that the 
in getting to that third act where you have just a lot of, I mean, you're already in th- complete horror thriller zone at that point. Yes, and I'm just exactly. like, all right, let's just see where this goes now. And the idea of seeing multiple people that have been, you know, abusive rapists essentially in this ridiculous world of what if we took, you know, civil war reenactments to the most violent extreme possible. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, I want to see bad things happen to them. And the movie satisfies on that level. But what I think it does well is it really emphasizes the key people in this are Janelle, Janelle Monet and Jenna Malone. And it yeah, makes exactly. that the, the main battle to focus on, regardless of anything else that happens. It's like once you, that's the big boss. Right. And it gives you these this great like horse based chase scene between them, along with these great shots of like the moonlight and everything going on. But and like the the um, I understand not all that's going to land as impactfully as it can. But the idea of having Jenna Malone's character, you know, break her neck against a Robert E. Lee statue. That's fun. Like that's, that's, yeah. I think, yeah. that, that does some stuff. And, and I got that too. I, I think Marcus, you brought up a really excellent um, point of like the meaniness of it, which is at the at the point in which uh, our hero in Get Out is, you know, he's just like rampaging through the house. I was like, fuck yeah, you know what I mean? Like fucking kill all these guys and let's get the fuck out of here. Um, and and then this one, I was like, I felt half that way. Because I, yeah, I definitely agree with, like with the comeuppance, but I was like, I, I feel it's like you're you're also just committed like murder on all these people that you probably needed to to hold like in terms of like a court of law, and and this is where like where like the, <laughs> there's plenty more of them. <laughs> I, I know, I hear you, but I'm like, and, all, and seem, a whole company no less that sponsors this. Yeah, no, but that that's where that's where like in that's where I was like, I wish that they had gotten more into that. Because the guy is like a judge in right. a, a state a or a senator, even lawyer, senator kind of guy. And right. I was like, that's an interesting point of view. Just like they kind this of is, haphazardly, yeah, they kind of like, yeah. Say it, yeah, and they also right. like you know dust it. They sprinkle you with like, well, he has this conversation about like, well, the papers will be done ready and whatever else. And then it's like, no, that this is what I'm talking about. It's like the abuse of power goes up through the fucking ranks. And so, you, like, this is why this thing can, like, you can get away with this. And yeah. that's what it would have been uh, fascinating. But, but aside from all that, I mean, like, yeah. the third act is, like, where that horse chase sequence that you're talking about, Aaron, I was like, this is poorly shot. I, I didn't actually like the way that it looked. I and I was like, it's, I, really liked, I liked it. Yeah, I it, liked it. Interesting. I thought it was shot as well as the uh, that car sequence when she's getting abducted and the, her friends are oblivious. I thought it was that. I thought it was just as well. It could have been. I was like, "Wow, these guys uh, are the like, odd man out here. here. They have an iPhone." <laughs> yeah, I like the I like the fight, but I was like, "I don't know. Everything else looks so much better than than what I'm seeing here." But I, I see but you're it. right when 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 you're talking about like, oh, there's a, a talk of a senator, and what while somebody's walking, you're like, "Oh, I want to hear more of that." But then you have a scene right before that where the guy's dying, and he goes, he says like probably my favorite line of the entire movie where he goes oh you're not going to be able to stop us we're everywhere and nowhere and i'm like oh that, like i want yeah, more that, of that that, that, that I was, was like so i don't good. like that yeah <laughs> I, I i wanted more of that that's the kind of like that like oh okay the, give me a more of this feeling that i'm that i'm that i want more of that but it just you know by that point it was you know whatever the question becomes then to me, like, is there a way to make more of this, given that there is this kind of hint at a larger company? Please it's like, no. That, I, I'm not saying I need is. it or I want think, it, but I'm wondering, like, I think how do you be like the purge? Well, that's how, like, how do you do that, though? Like, you've already have the first film where 
the major aspect of advertising this film was you don't know what it's going to be. So how do you do that again for a second movie where it's already like it's out I the think open? You, you do the same thing as you do with the purge. You you, you expand it and then you make a prequel. I mean, and yeah, you, you make could a do that too, but it's again, <laughs> yeah, it, you could do that too. But I think the best way to have done it is it just done it in one film, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then that's like the, yeah. I mean, that's, this is that's the problem right there. Exactly. Right? Really, as far yeah, as I mean, like if, if, if go, I was gonna say like because like you get even examples outside of like historical context. I'm thinking about like something like Starship Troopers. When they get to the reveal, like who the main like villain is, like first of all, I'm disgusted, but then also like they got to it. You know what I mean? And it's like, like this is our mission. Like, yeah, where are these bugs coming from? They're coming from this giant fucking queen bug, and we've got to go kill this thing, you know? And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. But uh, Aaron, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say, yeah. I mean, there's doing this the way they did in this first movie, where there's never a guarantee, and not that I'm expecting there, not that I was thinking, like, yeah. man, these guys are definitely gonna follow this up, but. Yeah, the idea of hinting at this stuff that, you know, goes deeper than, you know, you know, and they're everywhere and nowhere, like Marcus, he's quoted. Yeah, that's like, okay, I guess that's ideally that hints at the larger <laughs> themes this movie's trying to address as far as racism is everywhere in America, and it always will be, or whatever you want to say. But, you know, yeah, if you could, if there's a way to kind of wrap this story up in one, as far as showing more of this corporation or whatever that sponsors this, you know, Jurassic Slave Camp, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's... <laughs> like... The, I... It, yes, it would have been nice to have more more closure on that aspect as opposed to this right. kind of... Not quite Twilight Zone ending, but certainly one that's like, oh, it's out there. Like, Yeah, or you make it a delicious ending, like the hunt did, where she just takes her private helicopter and or her private plane and leaves. You know what I mean? But, I'm, yeah, gonna right, go, I'm gonna go live this woman's life for a little bit before uh, before people find out. You know? You're right. I think I think what I was clamoring for with the sequels and stuff could have all been in this movie. Yeah. And just I I would I would be I wouldn't be surprised if there were sequels because they hint at so much that should have been in this movie that really kind of wasn't. I mean, okay, so I can I can turn to something like hostile which i didn't like but there was one aspect of it which was very interesting which is the business you have somebody the business aspect of this hmm. and you go why didn't they touch on that here but i could see it if there's a part two they touch on the business aspect. Sure. there's people paying to do all this stuff and that could be interesting but why wasn't that in the movie like you know right. i mean so, I, i'd argue that the that hostile does do that to a degree and then yes no the it second, does that's what that's but, why then, I, but then the second hostile goes all in on that like it really delves into that yeah. right so i want to ask you guys about um, when you guys probably maybe knew that something it, there was no pass like there's no so, there's no like time to, there's no time jump because I knew I was interviewing, I was taking a lot more notes than I normally do. Like I was writing notes. <laughs> I don't really take I don't really take notes um, during movies. I generally just remember shit. But because I, I wanted to have questions to ask, I was taking notes throughout. So I I think or, like it's around like the third or fourth line in my notes. I'm like, is this all present time? I wrote that in my notes. Oh, interesting. <laughs> specifically, and then when it got to the flash forward, like when you revealed that when you get to the contemporary time, I'm thinking, well. There, there's nothing here that's going to think make me think there's some kind of like, you know, fucking slavery DeLorean that's going to pull up and, and whisker away <laughs> to, to 1864 or something like that. So, First of all, Doc uh, Brown was not a bad guy. 
Where's the portal? I don't know. Where, yeah. I don't know his backstory. I just know he hangs out with some <laughs> young does? guy all the time. There's a lot of. There's a lot of. Uh, yeah, he and did. He's do really, that. he was obsessed with going back in time to the West. So I don't know. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't sketch it. I didn't see the slaves he might have owned before Mark got there. Cancel uh, Back to the Future. Robert Zemeckis, <laughs> you're canceled. He's he's very much against Libyans. I think we all know that. <laughs> <laughs> and against cotton in the future. So you know, exactly well, what, I, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Doc Brown was a racist. <laughs> You, you heard it exactly. here first. Uh, but no, I, yeah, it was when they when it got to contemporary times, my mind just kept racing like, okay, there's no way there's a time travel component at this point. I, I just don't, that'd be, it seems like that'd be too much to add at this point in the movie. Yeah. What about you, Marcus? Yeah, so, okay, so the very first sequence that we're talking about, the lady's running away and she has a nose piercing. She has the same nose piercing I have. And so I was like, oh, no, maybe it's just something that I'm not aware of or something. Uh, I'm missing something. And then I'm like, well, nobody's really speaking like yeah. I would normally hear. It's right. it's not that they're not going all in in the language, but they're just kind of like speaking like kind of contemporary. Like, And I'm like, this can't be a mistake. And then I was like, oh, well, I think it's just they were an abduction movie. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, it's pretty interesting too. Like when uh, Kirsty Clemens shows up and she's like, "You're from Virginia," yeah. and I was like, "I'm from North Carolina or whatever." And I was like, "Okay, they villaged me here." <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, right. And so I was like, they "Okay, hey. me. <laughs> yeah." I mean, because I, I basically knew like pretty early on, and so I was like, "Okay, cool. This is just confirmation." Because I was like, to your point, Aaron, if you're going to introduce like a time loop part of the thing, that's a very late part to introduce it. Um, otherwise, you would have flash forward and flash back like probably in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Just to really give you like a sense of like maybe this is her ancestors and she's feeling it too or to what the, have you. To the film's credit, I don't think it's necessarily trying to trick you at no, that I don't point. Think so as far as, I don't think it's trying to go out of its way to be like, is this in the past? I don't yeah. think that's the movie's intention. I think it's more of you just trying to find out like, so how is this? How are they managing like doing on? this? Yeah, exactly. And so the Civil War reenactment aspect, that part I was like, okay, that makes sense, but also so, okay, that that's a reveal that throws me. Through. So do you think the promotion of the movie got in this movie's way, or is a reason why there's going to be? I, I, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be disappointed with it not being a time travel movie, or is it not being that's I, not the the twist? I, but, I think I think that comes down to people that have movie knowledge like us or people on film Twitter or what have you that just make mm-hmm. various assumptions and put their expectations to a certain point. Yeah. But I do think the if you watch the ads, it like I think a general audience is more or less not concerned with whether there's a sci-fi component because the trailers don't add anything like that. There's nothing right. that suggests that beyond you just seeing a person there, in this time frame. There, so that there time, is. Right? So there is. So so when they're looking up at the sky at the at the at the plane uh-huh. in the trail well not to break the trailer down because who really cares but <laughs> the 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 plane disappears and blips out and it alludes to like there's some kind of like closed off like wakanda or something like and well there's a lot of like there's a lot of like, editing I mean, so, I, I so that's all the trailers because the trailers intentionally trying to fool you and say this is a time travel there's sci-fi there's been a lot of like that. new branded words this episode that i, I find hilarious <laughs> i don't think that's saying i don't think that's suggesting time travel though just based on like the ink blotting and stuff going on in the marketing too it's more of like this is gonna fuck with your head as opposed to uh, sci-fi yeah i mean um, like terrible but yeah like, i mean this is trailer analysis like you know, i was gonna say like yeah, exactly like, you know trailer analysis does a lot of things because they they you know, they'll they'll 
discolor some blood to make it look more normal. I think they did that for the Harry Potter movie. They do that for every movie that has blood in it. Exactly. Blood. They just don't want they don't want you to like not go see it. But I'm like, I, oh, let's go see I get. It. I mean, I will say this. I think regardless of the opinions on the movie, I do think the marketing did a good job because the idea is to keep you guessing. The whole idea is I want you to be confused going into this movie. Like that's yeah, their, that was their goal. The and I think they, me. I think they, I think they accomplished that without, without <laughs> like, without going out of the way to be like, and by the way, uh, I don't know, Hulk's going to be in this movie at the end of it. Like, I mean, that's not, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what they're going. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just like other elements where I was like, this is, it is, they didn't lie to you. That's they they did not, no. And again, like, I don't think that, I, I think that they did an effective, to answer your question, Marcus, I think they did an effective job in the marketing just to entice people to go see this movie, it, had it come out in, in wide release in theaters, um, or if it, if it costs, like, less on, on VOD. But, yeah, I mean, when you're watching it, you're just like, okay, it's pretty linear, actually, like, minus, like, I, some I, backstory. I'd be so curious. The biggest thing I've, question I've had is what how this would have played in front of a big audience as opposed to watching it on TVs. Because I do, like, I, I don't, I'm not trying to keep referencing the, like, Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, but I know it's very low, and I wonder, if we were all, like, packed in a movie house watching this, if there'd be a stronger response to the thing based off the kind of visceral reaction you get from seeing the comeuppance happen and what have you. Yeah, yeah I think there that's would. A, I honestly question. think there would. I think... I think that last 30 minutes, like I was, like I was saying, the last 30 minutes really sweeps a lot of that other stuff away and goes, okay, this is the movie we're going to get now. We've given you this. Take it or leave it. But now we're going to action pack you and thrill you and give you a car chase and, you know, burn these – Burn these guys yeah, to the ground. And there's some like powerful, iconic shots of Monet in front of like the moonlight or like riding on a horse in slow motion and stuff. Yeah, I, think, best, I think it was done very. I think about. it was done well. Yeah, I think it was done well. I mean, this is in the market for what they were referencing as like trying... kids working in other movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we talked about Antebellum. Uh, Not uh, enough. To, to <laughs> plenty. When should people go and see this movie? Should they rent it right away on VOD? Should they wait for it to stream? What should, what should we do? Marcus, what do you think? Uh, break into the movie theater. And, uh, <laughs> break into the movie theater. <laughs> uh, I think you can wait for this to come on like HBO or something in a year. It's it's just I think you're going to be tempted because it's um, the the premise is really good, but it's, it's you can wait. Dave. Yeah, I'd say that on our old scale, this is a regular cable rating. Um, and then on our scale of like when you should pay to see it in terms of like the VOD money price, this is like a six ninety nine rental, maybe like a four ninety nine rental. Um, but you don't have to pay twenty dollars to go see it. Yeah, I I agree. As far as the premium VOD price, I wouldn't go there. Um, if it, I assume this is the kind of thing I'll eventually get on like Amazon Prime or something like that. Like that's perfectly fine. Or if it came down in price to you know like a five dollar rental, like yeah, I think there's enough going on here from a visual standpoint or what have you that and from from the Marcus seems to agree with, like as far as kind of the the where it ends up, I do think there's a lot of good thriller fun to put it lightly uh, yeah. that you know makes the film work overall to that degree. Um, I will uh, I'll point this out. Friend of the show, Jimmy O, uh, he has a show called Sound Scary mm-hmm. uh, that's on YouTube and other channels. They they did a whole episode with the directors of this film where they talk a lot about the things that we think are absent from this movie. And so I'd, uh, I'd recommend you checking that out if you want to hear more of, more of what the directors, kind of what their intentions are, what have you, despite how successful we think the film might be. With now we're talking about Jimmy with long hair or medium hair or short hair? Uh, Jimmy O is going a little bit medium these days, okay. uh, but we'll hear plenty from him in October for during our horror episodes. And we're probably going to hear from his action figures. Of course, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Action figures? Uh, the action figures and the link to sound scary. <laughs> okay, well, with all that out of the way, let's move on to Out Now Feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we're going various questions on the <laughs> This is where we go with the various questions on our Facebook page, Facebook Concept for the Podcast. We ask a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us answers. And I think, yeah, I don't think we got any questions this week. It's unfortunate, but no questions we, have plenty, we have plenty of answers. So, Abe, why don't you start this one off? The first question is, what are your favorite films reflecting black history? Chris has Boys in the Hood and Mudbound. Uh, Luke Thompson has Malcolm X, literally, and U.S. And, oh, I'm sorry, yes. and us, figuratively. Uh, Todd, Todd Lubinow has Glory and 42. I just rewatched 42 not too long ago. That's yeah. a good movie. I, I like that movie. It like is, I, yeah. Obviously, you know, because Chadwick Boseman passed as part of it. But, like, I, I watched that and I watched Get On Up. And I think those – it's the two different characters back-to-back because they're very different people. Uh, and so, like, regardless of right. how much you like either of those movies, I do think, like, the work he did to kind of create distinct profiles that really reflect the actual people but yeah. show just how rangy he could be, it's very much there. Yeah, I, I think that there's actually a lot of that, – that's a lot of – why a lot of people were sad or, or specifically for me that's why i was sad i was like man this guy is really good he gives out a lot in his performances and it's at that point where you know you're wondering what that person's going to do next um so that's kind of what, what made me super sad he was gonna play marcus that was the thing he would have fucking killed the, that shit he's gonna be the marcus robinson biopic yeah. it was gonna be amazing right. he was that's gonna kill great. that shit he was gonna get a nose piercing he was gonna get glasses i was waiting for it I was, dressed up as Bernie Sanders. He was gonna he was at, gonna Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! There we go. Now we're talking. Marcus, any we, uh, we were in secret talks. There you go. <laughs> any favorite films reflecting Black history? Um, you know, I, I have to go Malcolm X. Um, do the right thing. Um, cool um, Runnings. Yeah, of course, Cool Runnings. Yeah, I of mean, course. that's gotta be. If you look Jamaican, <laughs> you are Jamaican. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Get on up. Upside time. <laughs> cool runnings. All right. Let's get to our next question. What are some great films involving characters who are trapped but not trapped in prisons? Chris writes The Martian and Dread. Hmm. Interesting. I have an answer. Uh, the Cube? Trapped. Cube's a good answer. Uh, similarly, Dark City would have been my answer. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. Mm. I'd also add uh, City of Lost Children. Uh, yeah. What about the Cell? There you go. I, I just watched. <laughs> so here's so here's the thing. I just watched the Cell because my mom was a huge fan of the Cell. She really? really liked the style and the makeup and that, which was nominated for best makeup, I believe. Um, and that that movie is a trip. Like it's got That's it's weird, got some yeah. stuff going on. And D'Onofrio just just killing it. <laughs> D'Onofrio is always yeah. killing it. I wish that he you know got more love. Uh, for being weird. I, I think he's comfortable. <laughs> he's, he's, he seems to be doing exactly yeah. what he wants. If he if he just played Edgar in Edgar's suit for the rest of his life, I'd be like, this guy's fucking great. Oh, yeah. If there was a talk show. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> so, Will, you, you want to talk about your new movie, uh, Focus? <laughs> That's uh, Edgar, your face isn't on right. Oh, sorry. He pulls his head back. Um, the next question is, who are some great movie villains who are just regular people? Jeff has Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Todd has Gene Hackman in Superman. Chris has Samuel L. <laughs> Jackson in Django and Colonel Hans Landa. Uh, and Jay has Hugh Grant in Paddington 2. Who are some regular, <laughs> really good villains? 
regular, really good villains. Just some regular human folk that happen to be terrible villains. Michael Rooker in um, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Oh, I thought you were going to say... Um... Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's somebody's daddy in that. Come on. <laughs> he may have been your father, but I was your daddy. Your was, daddy. I, was I the only one that laughed during that? Oh, yeah. That was a mix of things, because he's Mary Poppins also. It, he's got... Oh, yeah. Michael Rooker is so good at that movie. It's ridiculous. He really is. What were you going to say? What, what Michael Rooker would you think? No, I was going to say, are you going to say Michael Rooker from Days of Thunder? No. Oh, well, he, they become friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's the difference. Um, you know, I, w- I would actually throw in um, the first Halloween on this one. Maybe even the second one, but the second one's already more supernaturally, because he... Ex- well, the first one, he gets shot in the face six times, and he still makes it out, but uh, you could say that he's just like a regular crazy guy, which actually is why I'm super afraid of Michael Myers. <laughs> I mean, based on the 2018 film, he is just a regular guy. Yeah, he's just a normal dude. Did they, did they introduce fella. anything in that one? No, right? Like, well, I mean... The, I mean, the idea he is that thought that Laurie they... Strode was his sister. That's what they're saying. No, there's no, there's not, there's none of that in the 2018. That erases all of that. He's yeah, just, yeah. He's just, those are like crazy. those are like the the myths and the stories that the that's kids what they, how they how they how they explained it in the 2018. Yeah. It was yeah. just a bunch of BS. But like the idea is, I mean, they just caught him after the first movie, and right. then then they, he got out. But, exactly. But at the same time, he does survive in the last one too. So we'll see where that goes. <laughs> you you should have gone with what Thanos said. You go for the head, and yet you just let him burn, and now he's gone. She did. Judy Greer shot him in the face, like she got him. <laughs> he's just no, but they're just like staring at him through the fire, and they're like, "Well, let's get out of here." Well, he got back up again. I mean, he just she did shoot him in the face, like she, he just oh, got damn. up. All right. Well, yeah. Anyway, Marcus, did you have any regular regular, regular people that are dudes? super uh, terrible? villains super great terrible um i guess we were talking about ray fines in like every movie there you i mean yeah (laughs) why not the one i was alluding to was schindler's list so that you know that one there we go yeah just (laughs) oh my gosh yeah Yeah, that 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 goes in there next question we have here (laughs) what are some favorite films that resemble your worst nightmares come to life interesting jeff has jeff has fatal attraction chris has pressure and open water and Jay Clue, friend of the show, writes Looper, specifically the disappearing fingers scene. I mean, he's getting killed from, like, the past. <laughs> um, a... I don't know how anyone didn't write Poltergeist in this movie, because that, that you know, that clown sequence with, like, the, the, the thunderstorm mm-hmm. always scared me as a kid. And, like, sometimes it, it might scare me now. I don't know. Who knows? You know, you know what gets me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, uh, that scene in the gray where the one guy falls in the water and Liam Neeson goes in to get him. And he's right there At the next surface. to the bridge of the water. Yeah. He's, he's right there to get him, and his leg's caught or something, and he just can't get him out. But he's, like, he's literally drowning from, like, an inch away from the surface. Exactly. That's terrifying. Yeah, that one's that is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I mean, that is a pretty uh, bad nightmare come to life. Yeah. Uh, um, I gotta say get out. That's that's a pretty good answer, too. Yeah. Man. Get you don't want to be involved in the, um, what do they get call it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I went when I went to meet my wife's family in New Hampshire. That was, it was like you should two, you should have been really months, scared two months after that movie came out, and I was like, oh no. Did when, did did your father in law also tell you that he would have voted for Obama for a third term? Uh, listen, <laughs> there was a, <laughs> there 
was a lot of striking similarities to what was happening there. I like so. to think mid, mixed race couples everywhere have the father-in-law that makes that joke now. <laughs> he also wears dark glasses and does painting on the side. <laughs> there was a lot of teacups and stuff going oh, on. No. I had to get out, yeah. Um, the next question is, uh, what are some great modern day films separated from heavier topics concerning black and other uh, people of color, friends and families? Um, Chris has bad boys? Question mark. Wow. Uh, modern day films separated from heavier topics concerning modern day films separated from heavy topics. topics. Yeah, but they, they still include them, right, Aaron? I mean, to, maybe from like a dialogue perspective, but it's not about the thing. It's not a, mm. you know, it's not like the hate you give. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Think more like, you know, like black rom coms or what have you, things that are like specifically geared towards. You remember how racism's a problem? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think Kevin Hart's being like, "Hey, I'm at night school." Also, racism sucks. Right? Yeah, I well, I don't think anyone wanted to go see night school, but. Um, I think the, it made money. <laughs> There's a lot of great '90s movies that I, I can I think of for this one. You know, like I love The Wood, and also I love Love and Basketball. Um, basketball, basketball, great one. And so there's like yeah. a lot of and like Love and Basketball is like it's completely the opposite of any of this shit because they're like we live in Baldwin Hills, which is like the Black Beverly Hills, and we're rich. You know what I mean? Uh, so. Um, there's like a lot of like other uh, aspects to it, which make it great. I mean, uh, you could even say, um, above the rim or what? No, no Tupac <laughs> above the oh, rim. Man, I haven't, I haven't seen that in a while. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would say like some nineties movies. I mean, I, wasn't there like a really something about why did I get not, not why did I get married? That's Tyler Perry. Yeah. It's, um, something too. It also has Kevin Hart in it. I think, um, in the second one, they go to Vegas. It's like black. Think like a man? No, like think like a man too is where uh, they go to Vegas. Forty no. old virgin has Kevin Hart, I think. It does actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's the go-to movie when you think of Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'll Their take last part. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, next question we have here: What are some great films about small rebellions? Todd Lieben, a friend of the show, writes Star Wars, and Chris has The Outsiders and Heather's. Interesting. Small um, you know, I'd say like small soldiers. <laughs> sure, yeah, small soldiers. They're small little. soldiers, big that's, big battle, or whatever the, the title. Tagline. Yeah, exactly. It's in the title. I'll what say about, like the, uh, the, the. How about speaking of toys? How about the first Toy Story when they yeah, exactly. go, after, go after go after Sid? Yeah, we're watching you. Wherever. Yeah, I mean that would traumatize me for life too. <laughs> he, he's um, real happy. He's a dumpster. He, he he drives a garbage truck and he seems a good life. <laughs> He's 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 got like the the look of that uh, leader from the Burger King Kids Club. He's got those glasses, like those over the ear headphones. Yeah, and he's having a good time. I mean, I'm more worried about Andy. <laughs> it's true. I, I worry about Andy too. I don't I don't know what's going on with Andy. He's, adult you know, child of divorce. Yeah. I'm mean, an adult child of divorce. I don't look like Andy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Marcus, did you have um? Uh, I was gonna million? say uh, uh, that Nat Turner. Uh, Birth of a, the birth of a nation. The birth of a nation. The birth of a nation. Yeah. Not to be confused with the very both sides uh, classic. Yeah, yeah. The 1910 <laughs> black and white good, movie. The good people. Right. There's decent people. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, that was feedback. 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 <laughs> oh my God. 
on a downer. Oh no. Wait, let's uh, let's let's move on now. <laughs> let's, let's get to well, Marcus is on this week, so um, gee whiz, I wonder, Abe, is it time for uh, what time is it? Aaron, I think it might be time for a game here. Uh, let him know, in fact, that's actually the ringtone of Janelle Monet's phone, but Aaron didn't, <laughs> he didn't want him to use it because he was like, his price, asking price was like $10 million. I knew I started high, but I was thinking, you know. How high? That, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> right. Uh, I've got a game for you guys this week. Um, uh, every every theme in this movie is too dark and depressing, so this is a movie quotes right. game. That is not dark and depressing. I'm just going to name a oh. movie quote, and if you guys know what quote this movie is from, please buzz in with your name and tell me the name of the movie. Uh, pretty simple game. And, Wait, uh, so the, the, are the quotes from something specific? or? Oh, you'll, you'll know. You'll know. Okay, got it. All right. Here we go. It's all Kevin Hart. Don't don't preface this by saying pretty simple movie, and then I, I get no gonna get a, a big goose egg. <laughs> he's going to get zero. <laughs> Damn. Here we go. It's First easy, one. you know. <laughs> First one here. Hakuna Matata. Aaron. Aaron. The Lion King. <laughs> Which one? The Lion King 1994. And I think they say it in the new one, too. But the way you said it, it really tapped me in. Wrong. Uh, great. Good yeah. job. Next one here. Al, no matter what anyone says, you'll always be a prince to me. Aaron. Aaron. Aladdin. Aladdin is correct. 1992. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the next one here. Aunt Lucy said, if we're kind and polite, the world will be right. Aaron. Aaron. Addington 2? That is correct! <laughs> oh, the... 2018? Okay. 2018. Yeah. Marcus, you said that you weren't going to get a goose egg. You're on route to get a goose egg. <laughs> I feel like this is a big, giant setup. Like, all this antebellum, it wasn't even about the movie. It, it was, was just about, about getting me. you on your <laughs> <to> play games. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was leading up to this. This is the twist, oh, Marcus. My God. The next one here. Yeah. Our little baby girls all grown up and saving China. You have a tissue? Oh, uh, Marcus. Marcus. Is it uh, Mulan? Yes, yeah, which one? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's, it's, oh, I'm, my I'm God. Not Mulan. Yeah. <laughs> you remember when Eddie Murphy cameoed in the new Mulan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one here. The newt play the flute. The carp play the harp. Oh, Marcus. Marcus. Little Mermaid. The, the Little Mermaid is correct. Which one? Uh, the new one hasn't been released yet. The next one here. The new one. <laughs> yeah. The next one here. It is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now we invite you to relax. Let us pull up a chair as the dining room proudly presents your dinner. Oh, uh, Marcus. Marcus. Is it Beauty and the Beast? That is correct, yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Next one here. Oh, at least out loud... I won't say I'm in love. Say that again? Oh, at least out loud, I won't say I'm in love. Are you singing? I could be. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the movie it goes, Oh, at least out loud, I won't say 
Shoo up, do do. Still nothing. What? Wow. That probably made it worse. It's from can Hercules. You, can you, wait, can you do it again? <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's Meg from oh, Hercules. Come on, guys. Abe gets that yes. point. Uh, the next oh, one here. Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? Or asked the grinning bobcat why he grinned? Can you Aaron. S- Aaron. Is this Pocahontas? That is correct. Okay. And the last one here. I won't go method. I'll just read it straight. One minute you're defending the whole galaxy, and suddenly you find yourself sucking down Darjeeling with Marie Antoinette. Aaron. Aaron. Toy Story. Toy Story is correct. That was our <laughs> non-antebellum edition of Movie Quotes uh, to right. us toward the end of this podcast. Aaron, you're like, the winner of that game. Thank you. I like how your theme was mostly Disney except one. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> Paddington too. Yeah. There was not enough Disney quotes. No, nope. yeah, there, there really weren't enough Disney quotes. I couldn't think of anything in the Lion King except for Hakuna Matata. And, and, and it's not like you don't have anything at your disposal to help you find movie quotes for Disney movies. I do not. No, I don't know what a computer is. <laughs> I think you spelled that right. with like uh, an A in the beginning. Sure. All right. Well, that was games. Thank you for that game, Abe. Yes. And uh, that's going to do it for uh, this week's episode of Out Now, Throwing Your Name. You can find more of my work and my personal blog, thecodyseek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. You can also find me writing written reviews over at weliveentertainment.com. I've also reviewed plenty of films over at the Toronto Film Festival over there. You can find me writing Blu-ray reviews at ysablu.com. And I also occasionally write for Variety. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron'sPS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash Walrus Moose, hashtag Al, no matter what anyone says, you'll always be a prince to me. <laughs> wow. Marcus Robinson. Sad line. You can, you can, you can uh, I'm writing again, so moviesmarcus.com. Um, you are writing again. Yeah. I, I actually have the Annabellum review ready to log up right now. And uh, Devil All the Time. Um, oh, what was I saying? Moviesmarcus.com. Uh, on Instagram, a movies Marcus one. If you want to check out my stuff, I'm at Doodles Marcus two. If you want to, whatever. You can have chats with me. I'm very interactive. Um, I won't add you on Facebook though because, uh, you know, whatever. TikTok or nothing for Marcus. Let me tell TikTok you. TikTok or nothing. You know, exactly. <laughs> All That's right. It. Well. Uh, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now Throwing Your Name on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had on Antebellum or anything else we discussed at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Right on our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or tweet us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course, if you're tired of talking to Mark, just like our stuff on instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Thank you, Marcus, once again for joining us. Marcus, today. Thank, thank you so much. I know. I didn't do horribly in the game, so I'm happy. I don't I, none, none of the other stuff is, has any kind of meaning for me except for the game. So. Marcus, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the point that I gave myself. Um, so now you, you. you're still lost, but it's five four. Uh, oh well, four points is a victory for me. There you go. There you go. I'm like uh, the cool runnings. I don't need to win. <laughs> I mean, won, all I you, do is win. win, win <laughs> you, yeah, you didn't win gold, but you won people's hearts. I just, 
I, in Rocky one, he just went to he just wanted to be go distance or whatever he says. I don't That's another Hercules reference. Thank you so much. <laughs> Two okay. big thumbs up, James Woods in Hercules. <laughs> oh, oh man, I forgot about oh, that guy. That- <laughs> all right well with all of that thanks again for listening that's gonna do it for us until next time so long and goodbye this is what it made me what it made me yeah this is what life made me what it made me yeah in and out of trouble i'm a problem now yeah i might have some trouble trying to figure out a renegade you can keep those shame i'ma say prayer for my enemies now they know not what they done lord Why you think they got them guns for a run? Ain't that what you got them Yeezys for a run? Get like Carl Lewis, better run. You say boat, you better run, run, motherfucker, run. Montana Tony coming, oh, you fucking with the one. The one that might lose his shit, go ludicrous just for fun. The father, holy son, pray your hands, here I come. I mean, I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Revenge is like the sweetest joy next to getting pussy. And this Hail Mary bumping out the right. Just in case you think that I stole the line. If you cross it, they deposit these bullets up in your car. Cause leave you in your right just to car. Cause damn, he's so vulgar. I bet he putting up a false bravado. At times I feel like gay. At times I feel like Pablo. I'm just doing me. You can call me what you want though. Long as you speak about me, I do shit how I want. Yo, you can bring the storm, bring the rain. I wear my poncho. Ain't nothing you can do to me when I'm Sony like Soprano. I thought it was a time travel situation even after that uh, uh, that little girl got in the elevator with her. I was like, oh, this is back to time travel. That's right. That's in the trailer too, I think. Yeah, the, yeah well, creepy kids. I mean, that's, that's, that's the trailer <laughs> yeah, right there. I, I would have I been like, uh, I'm going to go back down to the lobby. Wait ten minutes and then come back up. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get we'll get to things that should have happened as far as, <laughs> as, far as how this this led up. To <laughs> All right. Spoiler alert! This is why we should record these for a soundboard one day and just have these ready. <laughs> just press that button. We're also gonna need Nate Wonder to remix that. <laughs> uh,